storage you know you've got yeah. a wine cellar well it's you know keep it consistent and keep it cool and and keep things you know not clean well not no, no. there's positive corruption of course but um you know keeping keeping things in your cellar that's the same in the winery as i always once said it's like 90 wine making 90 percent cleaning and 10 percent you know yeah i mean thank god i'm not a beer maker i mean it's like 99 percent yeah. um look i think you know for us we wanted to make things again uh there's some perfect wines out there that are pretty boring and we want to have our own personality of wine and we you can tell wines that have been manipulated they have a sameness about them and and so we want to avoid that so we'd rather be known and liked by 10% of the population than, than by 90 and so I think a big part of that is doing less and less so probably four or five like most of my peers we all grew up and learnt from a um, from a university system or and, and they, it's a very recipe based system mm. this happens you do this so forth and and once you learn how to grow grapes and make wine then you really start and the wines that I like are wines that have points of difference and so in order to have that you have to allow those to show through to in order to sh let them show through you have to do less and less if you add things to your wines, then you take away the differences that you naturally um, get from your own vineyard. So probably about four, five, six years ago, um, we simply stopped making any additions in the winery. Um, so by that I mean things like um, acid is, is quite common in the new world. Um, we, we certainly don't chapelize or anything like that. We don't do any filtration um, uh, apart from wines that have, have sweetness in them. Um, so if you don't do that, you're going to get re-fermentation or yep. that sort of thing. Uh, there's no there's no fining. Um, again, it's all about prevention. So when you harvest, making sure that you sort your grapes so you've only got clean grapes in there. Um, how you extract flavour. The less extraction you do, the less fining you might have to do. So we've changed our winemaking um, processes and, and, and approach in order that we don't have to do anything later on and in order for the wines to have their own sets of personality so we're certified uh, organic both in the vineyard and the winery and our wines now have, have reams of personality because of that yeah, yeah. and that's the, that and that's the approach of trying to to get so talking of winemaking so pinot is the main production the main focus Yep. In terms from the vineyard, um, but Riesling is also something that you are, I don't know, don't blow smoke up your but you know, acclaimed for, and you know, it's I, th I think so Riesling is uh, probably, you know, it could be the best wine in central Otago, mm -hmm. um, and it's something you, you get a lot of sunshine in central Otago. You're, sorry, your wine is all Riesling is a, a oh, I think wine. I think Riesling in general would yeah. probably be the best white wine out of central Otago, um, hardest wine to sell, all that sort of thing. Um, and, and the perennial underdog, yeah. um, right. but hey, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but you get a lot of sunshine in Central Otago, and <coughs> dubious distinction of having the highest skin cancer rate in, in New Zealand. 
uh, not great, but um, from a wine perspective, <laughs> you wear a hat, that's all I can light, say. Yeah. yeah, no one goes outside without a hat and sunblock. But you get physiological ripeness very early. We can harvest our Rieslings uh, before our Pinot, and, wow. and it doesn't necessarily have, and if you, if you go early, it has lower sugar levels. And so you have, and you have really ripe acidity, um, and so you can have wines that are refreshing and full of vitality, yet not big alcohol, that have um, a sense of the, the texture that you derive from our soils is what people would typically call minerality, and it's like sucking on a river stone. It's that slightly drying, sherbety note. So you can wines have wines that have got great acidity, um, that have that sort of te- beautiful textural note, yet are still ripe and and can be dry too. Our wines are typically just off dry. Do you um, think? Do you think um, Otago Riesling or maybe New Zealand Riesling in general is now getting a, a really nice, distinct, clear uh, voice? You know, compared to say Clare Valley in Oz or going back up to Alsace and stuff. The the, the difference in approach. Did you start by looking at and making reference to you know, the other famous reasoning. Uh, I think, I think, you, I think you, you invariably do. You look at benchmarks and yeah. you look at, um, for us, it's probably more places like the Mosul or the Faults or somewhere like that. I mean, I've always enjoyed, I mean, you know, Prum's Cabinet is probably the you know, smashing Riesling for, for people who like drinking. Yeah. And um, I look at that and go, well, that's great. Well, we have acidity and, we, and you can make beautiful off dry wines and, and they're not it, it's the summer isn't big and hot so you don't get riper flavours and it's not particularly fruit forward yeah. so the wines if you harvest early I mean you can make fruit driven wines galore from central Otago that's a given that's an underlying um, function of all our wines but if you make wines we don't have any temperature control in our wines um, we stopped um, controlling temperature probably six or seven years ago. If you do that, you blow off fruit, but you enhance texture. If you harvest early, the texture that you get that you get is largely underpinned by acidity. So you have wines that aren't big but are ripe, aren't rich but have got real vitality to them. And and if there's any sort of you know our wines are our wines, so there's no there's no um, correlation with other places, but for me, I think the Rieslings from Central Otago have are probably the most distinctive out of any region mm-hmm. because they have that what's well, almost like a sorbet quality. It's got freshness and 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 vitality, and it's and and, and the wines that are alive. They they've got a vein, a, 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 a tension throughout them that I think are missing in some of the other yeah. Rieslings. No, no, okay, but it, 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 there's there's a distinction you can identify. I think there's a, there's a Almost the type of reason that comes from Otago, which I yeah, I think though, so. and that's the that's the, I think the acidity and that phenolic mm-hmm. sort of uh, the, <coughs> the phenolic based texture of the wines and that 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 sort of the minerality, an oft bastardised term at yeah. lesser times, but um, definitely I think that, and I think the other white wines are slowly moving in that direction. I think Chardonnay's a sleeper, um, but we've mm-hmm. probably emulated other styles in in the past. But I think wines that are oak doesn't go well in Otago um, because of the way the wines. So you find the the best pinots are all really low new oak usage, you know, fifteen twenty percent at max. 
Um, the white wines are all either old oak or, or tank fermented. And, and people have moved away from a traditional style of winemaking in terms of what we know um, and, and, are, and are adjusting that according to the style of wines that you get out of the region. So we can't um, have a chat and not talk about Pinot. I know we've just gone big on reason. Pinot's, I suppose, the, the, the other side of the coin in terms of the... the um, and you, so New Zealand's not too decades, but obviously you've got Otago, you've got Martinborough, yep. um, and Marlborough is, is also producing uh, decent Pinot. And it, so, again, why Otago? And, and for New Zealand, if you think of... Uh, if, if you mention Pinot for uh, you know New Zealand Pinot to people, they are going to think of Otago. And what is it about Otago that manages to produce such good quality? Uh... Well, I think uh, first of all, you can get great Pinots from throughout New Zealand. Uh, Martinborough was um, <coughs> probably the, the the best example and in, in the in the earliest. Um, and you've got a great style there. You've got people like Atarangi. You have Escarpment, um, just to name a couple. Their wines tend to have a sort of a, like a meaty savouriness in it, and that's sort of distinctive. Uh, Marlborough, you can uh, you're seeing as people have moved away from the valley floor into the hills, you've got equally great examples. You've got people like From, Tifarira, mm. um, uh, uh, Dog Point, and you sort of you have much more. But for me, the flavour is kind of slightly muddied, not in a not in a taste way, but it's much more sort of. Uh, Sort of um, compote in terms of in terms of the flavour spectrum. Um, North Canterbury is uh, in Waipara is probably an area um, that's 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 emerging, and you've got people like Bell Hill, uh, Pyramid Valley, um, oh, yes. Greystone, and you're definitely sort of moving to a slightly more sort of herbal edge to them. It's probably not as um, fruit driven or as berry driven as. Um, you get in Mulberry, you've got it, it does have a, like a savoury herbalness um, to the wines. Um, getting down to to Otago, because of the weather, you have probably there's a purity of fruit that underpins the wines, which makes them quite distinctive. So it's it's not better or worse, but it, it it's easily the most distinctive, I think, of all the Pinot regions, and being able to have that as a baseline is an incredible advantage. On the one hand, you can then make wines that are very fruit-driven and give you what a lot of people would term classical um, Central Otago Pinot, which mm. is a richer fruit style of wine. And that's great, you know, it's, it's, it's not really our gig, um, but you know, a lot of consumers love it, and, and that's, it's a gateway drug you know, from, <laughs> from Pinot. But it also gives you the opportunity, and you've got probably half a dozen producers now who have moved away from that style, and you've got people like Ripon, and, and, I, and I've cooed ourselves there. You've got, um, who else? Um, Carrick, um, uh, Felton is probably the most well-known. Yeah. Um, there's a few people, and everyone has a different style. Suddenly you've got a group of six or seven producers who are all quite distinctive, but you can have that fruit component, that purity of fruit, just as an underlying vein throughout your wines, and not be a dominant force. But having a purity of fruit is what a lot of other people try and get in their wines with all the other things. For us, it's actually trying to make that just a background part of the wines. And, and it's such an advantage for us. It's, it's neither better or worse. It's good. 
getting back to what you were saying earlier, it's like it's just creating, giving them character and personality. Yeah, and, and doing that, and if you if you go fruit forward, then it doesn't, you're making a varietal wine, you're making classic Pinot from Central Otago. In order to make a house style, you need to have your style. And for us, I guess that it's all about texture. So our wines, all of the Pinots have a textural element, which is our house style. It's soft and it's supple. And then from from a from a um, regional style, what we're trying to do is have wines that are more savoury and herbal based with an underlying you know, purity of fruit. Mm-hmm. But when you taste a Mount Edward wine or a Ted wine, you should number one be getting soft and su- supple textures, and then you should have a savoury element and a herbal element that is underpinned by fruit. And then the wines are driven by uh, by acidity. And, and not so much by tannin. They're not big structural wines. They're, they're, the structure is much more lighter and delicate. So if you move from wines that are delicate to full noise, big structure, we'd be in the sort of in the in the delicate to mid range of tannin and structure. Um, and that comes through harvesting really very light use of oak, low extraction um, to get the herbal savory where um, everybody's pretty much wild ferments and. And, 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 and a lot of barrel aging, but not in a, we don't keep clean wines. There's a lot of yeast and a lot of lees, and we, we age wine for a long time on lees, and then go straight to, straight to barrel. So none of the wines are pristine clean. They're not necessarily um, clear so and filtered. Yeah, I mean, they've got that. some flaws, and, and, and yeah. that's to be celebrated, I think. Yeah. We are, um, I, uh, I said it earlier, I think it was like we could talk for hours and, and we're starting to run out of time because you are here for a very short time in, in the UK with us and we've got to get you out and see some customers and have some fun. But I want to talk about two quick things before um, I let you go. Ted, now this is yep. new range from Mount Edward, um, and the junior, I don't know how you want to describe it, but the, or a bit... Um, a bit more fun, and also talk about Ted quickly, and yep. talk about some of the, the uh, sort of your I suppose the future because uh, you've mentioned the vermouth and the orange wines and share. Uh, so, yeah, let's do a couple of minutes. Okay, um, so so we basically have we've got two brands, mm-hmm. uh, Mount Edward, which is our main brand, and that's been we've been organic and certified for um, you know from two thousand six. But we've also as a as a winery we now own five vineyards, and we're all estate. Um, driven and, and provided by the fruit. The last couple of vineyards have only been bought in the last year or two. And so in order to keep Mount Edward fully certified and all the wines to be certified organic, um, it takes you five years to be fully certified in, in a wine. We needed another vehicle for that um, as we bought new wines into that. So TED is that vehicle. Right. And so the wines under TED are undergoing certification. They're all sustainable, but they're going through a process of um, uh, organic certification. Um, generally, they come from slightly younger vineyards, so they tend to have a slightly more fruit focus uh, than herbal savoury. Uh, and they tend to come from slightly lighter vineyards, so they're probably slightly lighter framed wines. So there's a difference in style, and there's a, but there's an underlying reason of organics um, behind the differentiation as, as well. Um, what that's allowed us to do is focus on our, I guess, artistic side and our creative side a lot more. We're, that's clear from the label. 
Uh, yeah, it's clear from the labels. It, that's that's all about a, a link for us so of fun. fauna, recognising that there's, <coughs> there's a human element to what we do. Yeah. So what you see in the labels is an illustration of that. It's it's a it's a creature of, of the vines that morphs into a human that morphs back into a vine. Um, it's been great. It's all slightly androgynous. We we I think we're eighty percent women in our in our in our business and and only to say that who's to say you know that there's you shouldn't it, all the eyes are covered in the figures and so it's you know don't um you know don't don't don't, don't make assumptions about what you're tasting what you're yeah. doing uh everything on the label re is is representative of things that you get in the in, in the in the wines um and it's and it's a big part of what we like from from an artistic point of view as well as the style of wines so the tiered range we make three or four different wines the pinot is our mainstay um, and but it's allowed us to suddenly reinvent ourselves, I guess, a bit. We were a very classical winery in terms of how we used to make the wines. We've morphed that. We were a classical winery in terms of the varieties. We've still mainstay of Pinot, but we've progressed significantly um, in terms of our offering. And the packaging and the branding is all part of that. It's um, very cool. You know, you want to you want to move on, and everything's progressive. Yeah. So you know, we we yeah. hate standing still, you know, and so the so the the packaging is all part of that. Yeah. And Talk, talking, sorry to rush you, uh, Duncan. But that, I love, we love Ted. Ever since it's come on, we just thought this is this is cool. The wines are, are really interesting, even though they're younger, and uh, the packaging just stands out, and it, it just wants you just want to pick the bottle up and have a look. Yeah, at I mean, it's wicked. I love it. it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's great. Uh, but talking moving forward, let's a couple of words. So you've been making orange wine since 2011. 2011, we were, uh, I think, us in Pyramid Valley uh, within a year. I think they probably just before. But we we wanted to start doing things differently. And, you know, back in the day, it was it's difficult to... We wanted to have different style of wines. New Zealand's... Um, doesn't have any natural um, grape varieties and we're quite a conservative country in, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways so you know, different varieties you have to bring in and try and orange wine was something that um, it allowed us to experiment on how to make wines um, and we make a uh, hundred cases or something it's not a huge yeah. amount but it's but just that experimentation it's, it's experimentation we now all our white wines have probably 10, 10 to 20 percent skin contact in them as a result of that um, as a result of that, we've also um, trying different things. So we now have probably the widest range of uh, white wines in Central Otago. We make everything from we're releasing an oxidised Chenin next year. Uh, we make a Chenin. We've made we've made an Albarino. We've made uh, everything from Gris Chardonnay to a Pinot Blanc. Um, we've made we've been making brandy for the last ten years. Uh, we've just released that. We've got some floor under in, in my garage, well away from the winery, um, um, and so we like to experiment. And these are all sort of one, two hundred case lots. Yeah. Um, we've done. We've got a gamay that's come out, uh, non-sulfur gamay, which I think is um, probably one of our future wines. Yeah. It's all about probably about six or seven years ago. We looked at how we thought people would want to drink, mm -hmm. and then planted varieties based on that rather than thinking about the varieties that people wanted to drink. So we've got Pinots that are our mainstay, and, and, and always will be, but we looked at, uh, from white wines and different wines, we looked at wines that were lighter and refreshing and more interesting. So we have a range of wines that sort of cover that without it being anything that um, 
this dominant part of us yeah. but it's super interesting I just find it you know ha- having these little bits and pieces is great because it doesn't suit everybody but it keeps us interested keeps all our clients interested and and from a younger demographic what we I mean your, your customers die and when we bought that I, I know terrible truism but it, it, it and we we bought an old winery and people that was you know nearly 20, 20 years ago and people in their 40s and 50s then they were drinking classical pinots mm-hmm. and they're all they've all stopped you know they're they're on the on way out i mean you know god forbid that happens to us all suddenly it's we've true. got a different demographic of people Absolutely. that we want to engage with that's important to us and part of that is trying different things and call it natural wine call it whatever you like it's making wines that are different and so a, an important but a small part of what we do is is advancing that so hence all these different wines and we've just been doing it for a lot longer than anyone else and it's not better or worse but we've got a pretty good handle on it now and it's and it's something that's a great part of our portfolio and a great part of what we do um albeit a small part but you know i love it yeah i I can tell you know you've got the first remote it's got you know all things it's fun yeah you know and something you can take you can take the wine seriously we've never taken ourselves that seriously um, I think there's lots of room for different players out there. You don't have to all be the same, and don't have to, you know, who cares, you know, who who awards whom, how many points to whoever, you know, that is just, you know, give me a break, you know, later on that. Um, I'd rather have people who just love our wines, and it's not in the flashiest restaurants. I don't care. It's like we want to make interesting wines and serve them to interesting people and people that we like, and and that's where it sort of starts and stops. Duncan, that's 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 going to be the it is the perfect end. Uh, I we could talk loads more. We haven't talked about the Morrison Vineyard. We could talk loads more about. We didn't even mention the Vermouth and stuff. Um, but I think we've had a really good first crack at actually understanding Mara Edward. Um, thank you very much. Uh, for spending some time with me um, having a chat hopefully everyone listening has uh, found it as interesting as I have Um, that's all for this uh, edition of uh, Alliance Wine On Air Um, see you next time thank you very much